If you open your Bibles to Mark chapter 4, we'll be looking at Mark chapter 4 in a few moments. We're in a Christmas series titled uh, the, the Promised Child. And this promised child, the child of the promise, is Jesus, that babe born in Bethlehem. And there are so many prophecies in the Old Testament that describe the child of the promise. And one particular one is in Isaiah chapter 9, and we'll look at that in just a moment. But maybe you identify with the psalmist when you hear his words. Maybe you feel this same way in the circumstances of your life. Save me, O God, for the floodwaters are up to my neck. Deeper and deeper I sink into the mire. I can't find a foothold. I am in deep water and the floods overwhelm me. Maybe you feel that way in your, your marriage. Maybe you feel that way in your, your uh, job or finances or the medical things you're facing. Maybe you've lost someone in this last year. And as you enter into this Christmas season, you feel like the expression of the psalmist. Mother Teresa said something I think should capture our attention. She said, I know God will not give me anything I can't handle. I just wish he didn't trust me so much. <laughs> Maybe some of you feel like God is just trusting you too much to have you go through what you're going through. That prophecy of Isaiah, seven and a half centuries before Jesus walked on planet Earth, spoke of who Jesus would be as the eternal King of kings and Lord of lords, and that that child, that baby that would come, would indeed be God in human flesh. In Isaiah 9, 6, we have this prophecy regarding the coming Messiah, Jesus. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. We talked about the child of the promise being the wonderful counselor last week as we looked at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, and we heard the story of the Davises. Today we're going to talk about Jesus being the mighty God, and we'll see the evidence of that in Mark chapter 4, in a story from the life of Christ. Next week we will look at how Jesus is indeed the everlasting Father, and then on Christmas weekend we'll discover how he is the Prince of Peace. Today we talk about how he is the mighty God, and no matter what you're going through, what storms you're facing in life, Jesus is the mighty God, and he wants to be with you in those storms. You've heard uh, for several months now, we've been talking about our Russian partners and the pressures they've been under. They've been under those pressures for five, six years as the Russian government has changed laws that have made just existing as a church or doing ministry to people in need uh, illegal by laws they've created and it's been a very difficult season for them. And then with the launch of the, the, uh, the invasion of Ukraine and with the mobilization, there were more pressures placed on them. The FSB had, had uh, the secret police had investigated them just for caring for orphans and for those affected by disability. And you've heard parts of that story. But today we want to share with you the fuller story of our Russian partners who are now with us and have had to flee their country and we'll through their story, as we look at Mark 4, see that truly Jesus is the mighty God. They found him to be the mighty God, even that mighty God that's described in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. So there are three Russian families or persons that we serve as a church and have been in partnership with. We have Sergei and Katya and their daughter Christina and Ilya, and they have been a partner with Calvary for almost 25 years. And then we have Alexi and Alia, 
and their son Tima, and they have been partners with Calvary for about 10 years. We've supported them on a regular basis through our prayers. Many of you have gone to Russia in the 90s and have met some of our partners there. And then there's Sergei. Sergei is not married, has no children, and, uh, but he's been working right alongside Sergei and Katya with the children and the orphans and those affected by disability. He led some of the transition homes where orphans were helped into uh, the, the society as a whole there in Russia, and all of them are with us now, and I want you to hear their story, because their story isn't over. They're still trusting God in the midst of all that they've gone through, but get a little background as to who they are and our partnership with them over the years through this video. Hello, my name is Sergey. Uh, I am from uh, Russia, from the city of Rizan. I am married uh, of uh, my wife Katya, and we have uh, two beautiful children, the son and daughter, uh, Christina and Ilya, eight and five years old. Hello, Calvary family. I'm Alexei Boyev. Uh, I'm pastor from Russia. Yeah. We had a uh, relationship with Calvary so many years, and uh, I uh, have my family with me. It's. Alia and my son Tima, and we was uh, pastors ministry in our church in Russia. We're partnering uh, with Calvary uh, in ministry since uh, 1999, and uh, I was a pastor of church, uh, Golgotha Church, which actually means uh, Calvary in Russia, so our church was very similar. Uh, we really wanted to find ways to reach a new generation of people in Russia, young people in Russia. Our agenda was just to just to communicate uh, the gospel to those uh, young people, and Russia was very open at that time, uh, but so many people like haven't ever heard about God and the gospel, so um, we would do different outreaches, uh, concerts, and many different things, which, um, you know, attracted at that time many, many young people People, uh, to Jesus. We wanted to uh, help those who need and go beyond just our you know, church walls. And uh, one day we went to uh, one of the orphanages uh, in our region. God really touched our hearts when we saw those kids. And we have realized that, you know, we can't just, you know, leave uh, this place, that we should come back. We need to uh, show those forgotten kids uh, love of Jesus. So uh, we started to go to one orphanage uh, every week with a, a group of volunteers from our church. And in five years, it uh, grew to real uh, ministry with five different teams and seven orphanages for about uh, 500 children. In Russian system, those kids, uh, when they have to leave the orphanage, statistically only 10% of all graduated orphans uh, have uh, a kind of normal life. So we started uh, to help them uh, after they leave the orphanage. We started this uh, two years uh, residential program providing housing and mentoring and education. So uh, in two years, they could live with uh, people from our church, mentors from our church, and we would just, you know, help them to get into like real life. I live in other region, a couple hours away from where Sergey lives. And about 10 years ago, our church was started. And desire, desire of our families was to just live a Christian life and, uh, and share a gospel with people around us. 
our ministry grew up. We have our church gatherings and we serve young people uh, in our community, but also we uh, minister to orphans and children with special abilities. And all of that became possible only because of our partnership with uh, Calvary, which really, you know, helped us to make all our dreams uh, became a reality and really gave us opportunity to serve all of those people and uh, to serve orphans. Yeah, we couldn't do this, like, level of, of the ministry we have right now without Calvary help. That's the story, the beginning of the story. You hear more of the story of the challenges they faced uh, over the years and even in the last several months. Uh, you can hear that Sergei speaks over Alexei. Alexei's English is not quite as strong, but you can hear his voice as he's talking about uh, the ministry they've had to children, to orphans, to those affected by disability. And yet, if you know the coming story that we'll share, they faced a lot of challenges. There have been a lot of storms in their life, and they've found God to be the mighty God. They found Jesus to be the mighty God in their lives. As we look at Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41, I want us to understand that as the mighty God, your Savior has power over every storm you will ever face. Not some storms that you might face, but every storm you will ever face, your God, your Savior, Jesus, has power over every one of those. So what does it mean for us? Well, then trust him through all the winds and waves that beat against your life. No matter how dark, no matter how overwhelming the storm may seem that you're going through, trust him. Trust him through it. Let's look at Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41, it's been a long day of ministry. Jesus has been preaching from a boat to multitudes on the shoreline, and uh, it's coming near the end of the day. They went across the Sea of Galilee. It's, it's a giant lake there in, in the Galilee region of Israel. As a matter of fact, uh, we'll be there in February of 2024. We'll have a, a trip there. We'll share that with you after the first of the year. We'll, we'll spend some time at the Sea of Galilee, be on a boat there uh, on the sea. But it's been a long day of ministry, and Jesus and the disciples want to return to the other side, to the area of Capernaum, where that was kind of their, their spot from which they ministered from. And we read in verse 35, that day when the evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, crowd behind they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. So the people are still following in the boats that had gathered around to hear him speak, not just people on the shore. And we read, a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Now, I, I want you to kind of check the mental model you have of what this boat looks like. Uh, this is a very small boat. This is taken from the film The Chosen. And um, this is a very small boat, but this is a typical boat. And this is probably the right kind of size and image of what this boat would have been like on the Sea of Galilee. And so it's being overwhelmed. Now, some of these disciples, our fishermen, have been on this lake a lot. They've spent a lot of time on this lake. They know how to deal with these sudden storms that come up on the sea, and yet they're being overwhelmed. Verse 38, Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. Well, they're starting to panic in this storm. He's at the back of the boat. He's asleep on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Don't you care about us? Look what's happening. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. 
Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. It doesn't say it was sort of calm or over the next few hours it, it eased up. No, it says it was completely calm. He said, quiet, be still, and it was over. The storm was gone. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Don't you trust me, guys? Why are you afraid of the storm? Don't you trust me? Don't you understand who I am? Don't you understand that I'm the mighty God? You've been with me and you don't get it? Verse 41, they were terrified. Why are they terrified? Well, the thing that scared them was the storm, and somehow Jesus has power over the storm, so they have a healthy understanding of who he is in the sense of what he's done as the mighty God. They were afraid. They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Maybe you are in the middle of some circumstances that seem to be crushing in around you. Maybe it's been going on for a few weeks, a few months, a few years. I don't know what your situation is and what the storm looks like right now in your life, but I want to give you some indication of what some storms are like. Maybe you'll identify with three or four of these descriptions. I think all these descriptions can be found here in the story of Mark chapter four. Some storms are so powerful that we feel helpless. They finally wake him up because they can't do any more. Even with the fishermen who knew that lake well, they were at a point they felt helpless. Some storms are so powerful in our life that we're left feeling helpless. Some storms are so powerful and so controlling that we feel lost that they're the ones moving in this, this direction and that direction. The circumstances seem to be dictating the next step on our path, and we seem to be lost and adrift. Some storms are so relentless that we feel overwhelmed. Maybe for some of you, just when you think the storm is letting up, maybe it's been going on for months now, and just when you get a little peace, then the wind and the waves come again, and it's just relentless, 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 and you feel overwhelmed. This... This little boat, it says in, in Mark 4, is almost overwhelmed and swamped with water. Some storms are so dark that we feel forgotten. We feel like in the darkness and all alone in this mass, we feel like even God has somehow forgotten who we are. Maybe you've come in here today, you feel all alone, you feel forgotten. Some storms are so harsh that we feel unloved. Notice their question to him in Mark 4. Don't you care? Don't you care? Maybe in the circumstances you're going through, you're saying, God, if I'm going through this, how does that indicate that you love me, that you care for me? Maybe you've felt some of these things in recent days and weeks. Maybe it's been going on for so many years, this storm you're in. I like how Max Lucado says it. It is in the storm that God does his finest work, for it is in the storm that he has our keenest attention. God wants your attention in the storm. That's when we, we say, wait a minute, I, I need you, God. And as things have changed over the years, and even in the last several months, our Russian partners that we've prayed for, we've been there with them, alongside them in ministry. Leslie and I have been there with them. Many of you have been there. We've supported them financially. Things were changing. The storm clouds formed over the horizon. I want you to hear a little more of the story and even how it's changed their last couple of months. Listen to this. Uh, years ago, uh, I remember times when, uh, as a church, we can come to any uh, any government place, uh, orphanages, or I mean any government place, and just you know share the gospel very openly. Uh, church as an organization, Christians as an organization, had this opportunity to come, do ministry, uh, help with practical needs, and talk about God. 
But in the last years, everything has changed dramatically. And we had to adapt how we communicate the gospel to people around us. And when we started, Russia was so open to Christianity and to the West. Then, like with every year for the last 15 years, it was just changing and changing. When church became kind of illegal uh, in our city, we opened non-profit organization. And when we got issues with non-profit organizations, we opened up a business. Uh, we always uh, tried to think ahead of times and have a plan for the future. Uh, this year became very different for us and very painful as we uh, lost everything we were fighting for for years. We came to the point we just don't have a plan anymore. We just can't continue. It's almost like it became so unsafe for us even to be physically in Russia. And uh, very unexpectedly, I had to uh, flee the country. It's not what we planned. It's not what we wanted to do. We always uh, wanted to live in our country and uh, uh, minister people uh, in our city. We had this feeling of urgency that I, I, I had to leave the country. I had just five hours uh, to be with my family. I remember I just played a couple uh, games with kids, put them to bed, and usually every night I would just sing a song, uh, Christian song to them. I mean, at that time, everything was so intense, so I didn't know if my family will be able to leave the country. It was really crazy, almost like in a movie, like in, a, in kind of like bad movie. I had to sing the songs to them, and I was just crying because it's almost like, well, I, I'm not sure if I will see my kids again. And then it was almost the midnight. Uh, I called taxi to the airport. It was really dark, heavy rain. Left the house with my little little suitcase with just literally a couple of things. And uh, I looked back and I saw my wife uh, crying. And uh, I looked in the window and saw my daughter uh, kind of like waving me hands and showing li like little heart to me. It was, I think it was the most difficult uh, moment in my life that I had to get into this car and go not knowing, you know, what will be, what will be next. So uh, I came to the airport and a flight was delayed. I had to uh, sit there for like nine hours, couldn't find any peace. So I, I created this uh, kind of like a playlist, which I called spiritual playlist. And I would listen and listen and listen. And I think my playlist was about uh, 45 minutes long. And so for like nine hours, I would just, you know, listen it on a repeat. And with this understanding that uh, for right now, uh, all I have is just Jesus. And there is nothing else I can depend on. And I didn't know, you know, if I will be even be able to leave the country. I didn't know where I will live. I don't know if I will see my family or not. The only thing I could do is just to, you know, sing inside me those songs and say, Jesus, God, I, I trust you. And uh, I, I know you love me. And uh, I, just, I just trust you. Do you hear what he said? All I have is Jesus. You come to that place where all I have is Jesus. 
But when you recognize that he's the mighty God, it's what got Sergei and Alexei had to leave under similar circumstances just a few days later. They discovered our God truly is the mighty God in the midst of the storms, just as the disciples discovered 2,000 years ago. So what what does Mark 4 tell us about this mighty God? Number one, the mighty God is with you in the storm. You're not alone. He is with you. Jesus was there in the boat with them. John Ortberg says, peace doesn't come from finding a lake with no storms. It comes from having Jesus in the boat. Sometimes we, we, we just ask God to give us new circumstances, then we'll really be at peace, when in reality, whether the circumstances are good or bad, we can have peace with Jesus. He is with you in the storm. Secondly, he, the mighty God is not bothered by the storm. Jesus was able to sleep because he knew that he had ultimate power over the storm. He's not bothered by the storm. Thirdly, the mighty God knows the storm can't affect you without moving him. As the storm was moving the boat, it was moving him. If they had gone underwater, it would have moved him. He was there with them. To have a relationship with God is to know Jesus as your Savior. Jesus himself said that no one has greater love than this, that someone lays down their life for a friend. Jesus cares about you, knows you, and loves you so much, he was crucified, buried, and raised for you to have a relationship with God so that you could have his permanent presence with you now and forever. If you haven't come to that place where you've embraced Jesus as your Savior, put your faith and trust in him today for your eternal destiny and all that you are, and he'll forgive you through his death, burial, and resurrection, and he'll give you new life. If I can help you, I'll be in the lobby. As I mentioned, Pastor uh, Carolyn and I will be in the lobby, actually. She'll be there with me. You can greet her there, but we can share with you someone, we can have someone share with you how you can know Jesus. Our care and prayer team members are down front after each service to pray with anyone over any need, and they're here. You can talk to them. If you're in the room or you're joining us online, You can text the name Jesus to the number below me on the screen and we'll follow up with resources. We'll answer any questions you have. Someone on our team will reach out to you. Just take the name Jesus. Make that the message of your text and text it to 58568. Make sure you know Jesus as your Savior because he is not with you in the storm until you know him as your Savior. He's not there as your mighty God to be with you and walk you through it till you know him. The mighty God, fourthly, cares about how the storm affects you. They ask the question, the disciples say, don't you care? He cares. He loves you. He cares about the tears you shed, the concerns you have. The mighty God will get you through the storm. He will get you through the storm. Almost in a prophetic way, Psalm 107, 28 and 29, kind of looks forward to this experience of Mark 4. Listen to the words of these two verses in Psalm 107. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. He is still calming storms. He will get you through it. Sixth and finally, the mighty God has complete power over every storm in your life. He has complete power over every storm in your life. Not just a few, every storm. That is the mighty God. Yeah, you can feel helpless and lost and overwhelmed. You can feel all those things we talked about. 
even forgotten because of the storm you're going through, but focus on the one who is your mighty God. That's what our dear partners have done. They're now with us. Some of you remember me mentioning that Leslie and I went to Helsinki to, men- to meet up with some partners who were under persecution in their country. It was Sergei and Katya and their kids. We didn't know what would unfold, that he'd have to leave just days later as he described. And they've come now to the United States through a long path, attempted many times to come across the border. Now that they're with us, there's still some uncertainty. The storm isn't over. Listen to their continuing journey and trusting their mighty God. I got on a plane, was able to leave the country, and fortunately, Two weeks later, my family, my wife, Katya, and kids, you know, were able also to leave Russia, and we, like, reunited. We got lots of different questions for, for ourselves because we fled country so unexpectedly. We still have a house there, and, I mean, we have, like, clothing and toys just everywhere in the house. It's almost like we left to grocery store for 15 minutes and never came back. And so we didn't have any plan what to do next. Uh, we didn't know, uh, like, what we can do. It took us, like, 35 days uh, since I left Russia to the date we got this opportunity to uh, cross the border with the United States, uh, where we finally uh, started to feel safe. When I think uh, about our situation right now, uh, it's really it's really strange to think that we had to do exactly the same uh, my parents did like years ago. We had only four days to kind of say goodbye to people. It's so unclear right now, but we know uh, God's voice and we know that he's with us uh, in all of this. Like naturally, I always had a plan, you know, of what to do next. It's, it's part of my nature. And I think it was really strange that just to sit in a like, country you totally don't know, not having any understanding of what you can do next, how you will feed your kids, uh, where you will get money from. So it's like all those questions. And even right now, we're here, we're in the United States, we are in the Slavic community, we're so grateful for this opportunity and so grateful for everyone who prayed for us and supported us because, I mean, it's real miracles that we are here and we have experienced so much grace and support from so many people at Calvary. I mean, we uh, like feel super, super grateful. But um, even right now, there is no real plan for the future. We don't know what to do. We don't have legal right, you know, to live here uh, long term. Our kids uh, don't speak the language. I think what I learned through this season, what I'm learning right now is that sometimes when we're going through things we didn't plan, we didn't expect, we ask uh, God lots of questions. Why, what to do, and uh, I think very often God uh, does not give us any answers. And it's hard, but I think in the last you know, two months I learned that when God does not give any answers to us, He offers uh, something way, way more valuable and important because He offers us Himself. I knew that God was so, so close to us, even, you know, when we felt desperately, when we cried, when we were in tears, we knew that God was very close. 
and we don't know exactly what God has prepared for us, but we want to be faithful to Him. We still can serve others as people, as believers, and uh, just being this letter of Christ uh, for others. We experience peace because we know that God is in control of everything. Despite of all questions, you just know inside you that you are loved, you just can't trust him. You can make a next step. You can live today and you can you can trust that he he still will love us tomorrow. I love these folks and their journey. Yeah. You notice he said when God doesn't give us his answers, he gives us something much better himself. That's what he gave the disciples in the boat. Who is he? He's the mighty God. At the end, Sergei said, he gives us more of his love. So maybe you're in a storm, and those descriptions I gave were true of you. And you're struggling to see and sense the mighty God. What do you do? So what do you do? Well, first thing is acknowledge the storm. Just say to God, this is a problem. This is hard. I'm struggling with this. Don't try to be superhuman Christian and say, oh, there are no problems. Acknowledge the loss, the pain, the heartache, the trouble. Acknowledge the storm. Secondly, know that Jesus cares. You don't have to ask like the disciples, do you care? He loves you no matter what you're going through. I love the promise in Isaiah 43 too. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. He cares for you. Acknowledge the storm. Know that Jesus cares. Thirdly, go to Jesus. Go to Jesus. They go to Jesus when they're totally overwhelmed and about to sink. You can go to Jesus immediately when the storm clouds are forming and he will be with you through the storm. Go to Jesus. And number four, trust Jesus. Trust Jesus. This week, if you're in a storm, just go through that process every day, acknowledging the storm, knowing Jesus cares, going to Jesus, and then say, I'm gonna trust you with this and name it. You know, for these folks, they knew the stories of pastors going back into the Soviet Union days when they were trying to crush the life out of the church. That's happening again with these laws and the way Mr. Putin has been behaving and carrying himself even into this invasion. But just take Alexei. He's a third-generation pastor in Russia. His father, on the day he was born, was trying to find a way to get out of the city where they were because persecution was coming and he had to protect his young family. So they moved across the country in a new city where Alexei serves now. But his own father, he mentioned in the video, had to flee to protect his family. His grandfather was preaching the gospel in the Soviet days and one day he disappeared and months later he showed up. His body showed up under the ice in the lake with his tongue cut out to communicate clearly don't talk about Jesus. So these folks know how dark and deep that kind of storm can get. And through this journey, they have found God to be so mighty. God will be mighty for you in whatever you're going through. Are you trusting Jesus through the storms of life? He is the wonderful counselor, but he is the mighty God. He is with you no matter what.